What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. As always, I'm Brendan. And I'm Taylor. And Taylor, we are recording here on Sunday evening on the heels of the Sabres' 5-4 loss to the New York Rangers in overtime. Uh, This comes after the Sabres had lost to Washington, 4-3 in a shootout on Friday. And before that, a shootout win against Pittsburgh on Wednesday of last week. So the Sabres now have points in five straight games. They've won three of their last five points in seven of their last eight as well. A little interesting tidbit about this recent stretch of five games that they're on. Each of their games over the past five have been decided in either overtime or a shootout. However, what's to be taken away from this, Taylor? I would say this has been a pretty good stretch of hockey for the Sabres, given what we had seen in the earlier parts of this season. What are your, what's your takeaways from this last stretch of games? So today is a good example, I think, of something I'm encouraged by. So the first 10 minutes of today's game against the Rangers was a disaster for the Sabres. Frank Vitrano scored twice, and generally the Sabres were just getting dummied for 10 minutes, and it felt like, wow, they don't even really seem like they belong in the same voice as this team, which is a concern because despite the fact that the Rangers are a playoff team, uh, they are a playoff team because of Igor Shosturkin primarily, and he was not playing today. Yep. However, the Sabres came back strong, not just in – in scoring, but they played pretty well. Uh, a lot of uh, confidence on offense, even though they didn't really get that many shots. The Rangers still did control the the flow of play, but the Sabres didn't didn't go into like a, a ball, didn't like just give up, like didn't didn't quit on the game, didn't get intimidated or like down on themselves. And they had a really strong game. So we got goals from Skinner again, which was good. A, a goal, I should say, from Skinner. A goal from Oposo, and generally just uh, they. I believe scored three in a row. The Rangers tied it. They got to f- the Rangers went up four, three, I think Sabres tied it again to get it to overtime to get the point. That's yep. encouraging. Uh, the, the Capitals game, they played really well in that game too. Obviously didn't work out uh, in the shootout, but in today's game, also a bad turnover in overtime by Tage, but it's uh, it's encouraging the way to uh, the way they're playing uh, this basically this entire month. Couldn't agree more. So to round out this month, they have a game against Chicago and Chicago at 830 on Monday to round off this back to back, followed by a game on Wednesday against Winnipeg. From there, getting into April, then the Sabres are playing at home on Friday for RJ night, which I believe we'll both be in attendance at. Right. Are you going to that game, Taylor? Uh, I don't know yet. What? Um, so I don't know. Maybe Wanna come with me and my dad. <laughs> sure. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so what are we looking for from this next stretch of, games, stretch of games here? As I had said before, points in five straight, won three of their last five, and again, points in seven of their last eight. So we have Chicago, Winnipeg, and then the Predators there. So what, what are your thoughts, Taylor? What are you hoping to see from them this next uh, handful of games? Well, the first two teams you mentioned there are not really good. So I'd like two wins here of the, in the three games. Uh, Chicago. And yeah. that's a whole mess over there because I don't think they have their first round pick, do they? Did they not no. give it up in the Seth yeah, Jones no, they trade? did. They give it up. Yep, Columbus has yeah. it. Not good because they're going to miss the playoffs by about 30 points. So that's that's obviously a uh, concern for them, not for us. So I would like to see the Sabres continue the way, to play the way they have been playing. I guess the big thing to say is that they need to get better goaltending out of Craig Anderson and or Tokarski, who's ever playing in those games. I didn't think Anderson had a particularly strong game today giving up five goals and Tokarski was okay in his most recent game. 
still overall, you know, they're not all-star goaltenders. They're both in the, in the mid, like I think Anderson's 903 after today or maybe lower and Tokarski's at like 906. Mm-hmm. So that's like, I mean, that's not terrible. If you can play, if he can just be above 900, that's fine. But the way Anderson played today, I don't think really is super acceptable. I would say going forward. I know they, he's, he's not, not a young fella, but I want to see better goaltending out of him. And then like playing the jets, like if, if they play against Hellebuck, it's a good goaltender. If Hellebuck's not playing, that should be a very winnable game. Chicago winnable game, regardless, I think. And then Nashville, Nashville, interestingly, uh, UC Soros, I don't know if you know this, he is on a not great stretch right now. Mm-hmm. He gave up four to the Flyers today, six to the Knights before that, six to the Kings, three to the Ducks, uh, three to the Leafs, five to the Flyers. That's his last six games. That's not good. No. <laughs> so those are their last six games. He didn't start all, but he started five of those games. Like, that is not something you want to see out of a guy who was basically a, a Vesna contender last year. And really, like, they, the Predators rely on their goaltending. Uh, they'll be a playoff team regardless, but, like, not great. So it'd be, it'd be good if the Sabres can continue that trend uh, and if you put four or five goals on the Predators. But, yeah, most of what, what we're seeing with the Sabres, I just want to see more of it. Like, I, Darlene has been playing well uh, on both ends, but especially, like, he's he's been awesome offensively and, and jumping into the play and, and really jump-starting the offense a lot of the time. Tage. <laughs> incredible offensive force. Jeff Skinner has been scoring. Those guys are both getting near 30 goals. No complaints for any of those guys. Uh, and then, you know, talk's still good. Krebs. We like Krebs here, we obviously. Do. And the, uh, the fourth line has more than held its own and even is scoring a little bit. You want to hear a fun fact? Give it to me. Kyle Oposo scored his 16th goal today of the season. That is his highest goal total since his first year in Buffalo. Wow. And if he gets to 20, which is a possibility, first of all, imagine that Kyle Oposo, a 20 goal scorer. That's incredible. Secondly, though, that would be his highest total as a saber. That's insane. That yeah. is just crazy. Good for him. What a, what a great resurgence he's had really these past couple of years, especially this year too, taking on an increased leadership role as well. I would say for me coming down this next stretch of games and really the rest of the way for the season here, there's two guys on the offensive end that I'm going to be really zeroed in on because as we've talked about in the past couple of episodes, it feels like that these two guys might be playing for roster spots next year. And that's Casey Middlestat and Victor Olofsson, both of which who in today's game against the Rangers Middlestat ended up having two assists, which is good to see for him getting on the score sheet pretty consistently. Uh, I was looking at some of the charts that Chad D. Dominicus had shared on uh, some of the data from natural stat trick from today's game with regards to expected goals for percentage uh, five on five shot share and Victor Olison was towards the top for the Sabres today too. So that mm. was definitely encouraging to see. So Really, it's it's either which one of these guys is going to either play themselves into a roster spot next year or is going to play themselves into getting hopefully a better return on a trade because I have a hard time believing that both of these guys are going to be on the roster next year given the current makeup, especially if the Sabres also are trying to retain Vinny Henestroza as well. Right. I mean, Olsen, we've said it a million times, he's an obvious trade candidate, and I think you could still get something decent for him uh, in the offseason. That'd be... That'd be nice. Hey, did had we talked uh, yet by the time the – or did that happen during the podcast when the league officially was like, hey, Dad, off, you're staying on the nights? Had it was like any, right after, I'm pretty sure, as a matter of fact. Yeah, so 
that was hilarious that situation i don't know if we talked about awesome. that, that that basically so the nhl has a central registry it's like you know where all the trades are approved but it's supposed to be where all the information is you know who has a no trade who has a no move who has a limited what's the list whatever so they just don't have that i guess is what they're saying either they don't have that or it's not as uh in tip-top shape as they said it was because the league straight up the people don't know about this basically the knights try to trade Evgeny Dodonov to Ottawa to save basically cap space because they're right up against the cap. And the, the trade went through, the league approved the trade. And then Dadnov's agent was like, hey, he he has a no trade list and Ottawa's on it. Like Ottawa's not an approved destination for him. And no one knew that. The NHL didn't know it. Ottawa didn't know it. And I think it's a weird thing where like, basically they gave him the no, Ottawa gave him, this limited he was going, he was going to Anaheim, right? He's Anaheim is where he's supposed to go, I believe, right? Oh, wait, hold on. I'm screwing it up. Yeah. Ottawa had him first. Ottawa right. traded him to the Golden Knights. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Anaheim. So Ottawa had him for last season. He had him like two years ago. And he got traded to the Knights this offseason. And the Knights are an approved destination. And of course they were, because why would he not want to leave Ottawa? I mean, who wants to be Definitely. in Ottawa when you could be on a cup contender? So, like, they did that, and then I guess they just didn't tell the Knights about the no-trade list? They didn't tell anyone? His agent? Yeah. It just didn't come up? I guess he probably didn't think he would be traded this year. Which is, I mean, you never know, but like... Yeah, now, I mean, the Knights are kind of screwed now, financially, uh, because I think, not that we're uh, insinuating that they're doing anything, um, any malfeasance is going on, but like, they are probably hoping to keep Mark Stone on LTIR. And they also the have season. Alec Martinez on there as well for over $4 million a year. Yeah, so like basically they were trying to do what Tampa did last year, except in a kind of an even uh, – Oh, it, honestly, it's more comparable to what Chicago did with Pat Kane in 2015. Yeah. But like, you know, then they had this whole thing where uh, they completely fell apart and lost uh, – I don't know, like 70% of their games over like two months and went from uh, winning the West or winning the Pacific, I should say, to uh, they're in like fourth and they, it's kind of a long, fifth, fourth or fifth. Anyway, yeah, it's a long shot that they're going to make the playoffs, which is insane. Like, so like, basically they're like, oh, we need to, we need to get this off. And now they didn't know because they didn't find out till after the deadline, there's no moves to make. Like they could still trade him theoretically i don't think most people know this yep it's a tricky thing because he can't, can't play. play the rest of the year yeah so i don't know who's making that trade maybe the sabers are making it maybe arizona is yeah it's not a bad idea i mean they'll give you a pick because they don't and this like we've a talked second. about before, the sabers don't yeah i mean it's it's kind of crazy it is a, <laughs> it is a wild wild thing hey speaking about west too could we just also quickly talk about because we were talking about nashville and how we're playing them that roman yossi might get 100 points this year what is going I on i was gonna bring that up actually what in god's i mean he had I a bit of a this... down year last year after two years prior of course is when he went ballistic and everybody was like oh my god roman yossi okay let's go and uh this year though now Roman Yossi has 79 points in 63 games, 18 goals, 61 assists. I, it is it is unbelievable what he's doing. 
And he's so ahead of Kel McCarr by, I mean, Kel McCarr has 73 in, in 61. It, it is unbelievable what Roman Yossi's doing. Yeah, I was looking up, because um, I was thinking, like, he could get to 100 points. When's the last time that's happened? Now, I looked into it, and only three guys have averaged, like, a point a game since the uh, this century, basically, in the past 20 mm-hmm. years uh, as a defenseman, which is... Brent Burns had 83 one season. Carlson had 82 one season. And Lidstrom had, I believe, 81 and 81 games in 05-06. Jesus. So the last defenseman to get 100 points in a season, do you know who it is? Hmm. Hmm. Last defenseman to get 100. Is it Phil Housley? No, I mean, that's not a bad guess, though. Brian Leach. Brian Leach. Oh, okay, yeah. I honestly thought it would have been uh, Ray Bork, but... I mean, surprise, 91, 92, uh, he had 100 points. Ray Bork never had 100 points in the season. Wow. Which is crazy to say so. <laughs> this guy might do something that Ray Bork never did. Yeah, that's pretty wild. But I will say this for Ray Bork. Um, he, in his second year, he had 56 points. He had 65 in his first year. But anyway, he had 56 points, and he never had less than that in a non-lockout season until he was 36 years old in 1997. Jesus Christ. And his last year in Colorado, when he was 40 years old, he had 59 points. That is just, <laughs> that's like laughable how good that is. It's crazy. He had that's insane. 410 goals in his career. 410. Yeah, that's going to be more than Ooh. some Hall of Fame forwards. Like, I'm sure he has more than like Henrik Sedin. So anyway. But yeah. Uh, to get back Ro- to it, Roman Yossi, yeah, that's insane. I yeah. think. Went in the Norris two years ago. Last year, he kind of has more of a down year. And then this year, he just is ripping it up at 31 years old. Yeah, that's that's just wild. And I'm looking at this right now. His Norris year, he had 65 points in 69 games, which is great. Great defensive year or great uh, productive year for a defenseman. He's blowing that away. It's unbelievable. He already has his career high in goals. There's a month left in the season. That's insane. Good for him, man. Good for him. Absolutely. So the only one I'm going to look this up now, because I there's the only comparison I could think of, because it happened, though, during the uh, the season that got cut off by COVID. John Carlson had a great year and I'm looking now and he had. Oh, look at this. you believe it? Hockey reference is being annoying again. He had 55 points. In, oh, that's sorry. That's this year. He had 75 points in 69 games. So he was on pace for a fantastic uh, year. If wow. uh, if COVID didn't happen, like. 13 more games he would have been like in the 90s still though not as crazy as what uh, our friend roman yossi is doing yeah good friend of the podcast yeah we, we love roman all right before we get into anything uh ellis want to hear from DraftKings real quick i'd love that taylor all right uh the nhl season's been packed with 30 dangles hat tricks and big wins the action rolls on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has your shot to big win has your shot to win big two. New customers can bet just one dollar in any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's right. A bump in the win column for your team means free bets for you. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you still have a shot to light the lamp. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet just $1 on any NHL team, and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older. Restrictions apply. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, 
Crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER in Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, or Wyoming, 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona, 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, New Hampshire, 888-789-7777, or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. Visit opgr.org in Oregon. Call or text the Tennessee Red Line at 1-800-889-9789 or in Virginia, call 1-888-532-3500. Must be 21 or older. You must be physically present in one of those states to win. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. All right. So speaking of high scoring defensemen, we're continuing to uh, see a lot of production from our friend Rasmus Dahlin. Yeah, we are. He's doing great. Yep. He had a pair of assists today uh, against the Rangers and he's up to 32 assists now. I mean, he has just had a complete rebirth or actually, no, did he only have one assist? Oh no, he did have two. Yeah. He, uh, yeah. he had uh, the assist on Opozo's goal as well. Um, I, I, it is again, like you can't say enough how, not only it is great for him, but my God, great for the franchise now. Whereas coming into, I mean, really like probably I would say before like the, this past month, a lot of the talk had been, thank goodness Owen Power is going to be here in April and we'll have him for next year as well so that he can alleviate some of that pressure off of Darlene and hopefully free him up more because it's seeming more and more like maybe Darlene's a really good number three rather than a, a legit number one or, or a two. Um, and with his stretch of play over this past month, I mean, really this season in general, he's been improved, but this past month, if he is able to continue this and this is the level and the trajectory that we're going to continue to get from him again at just 22 years old, we could be looking at, you know, two legit number one defensemen on this team moving forward, a top two pairing on the left-hand side of having Darlene and power as your, your one a and one B it is scary how good that could end up being for the Sabres and, and what an unbelievable turnaround too. You know, as we're talking about building out this roster and adding depth for when the time comes for when they're ready to compete, if you're going to be able to now have Darlene be that guy for you and be that number one, so that next year there's less pressure on power to have to take off pressure off of your prior number one overall draft pick defenseman. Now having that out of the way for power, being able to allow him to come in with a little bit less pressure, not having to be the guy right off the bat is going to be huge for his development. It's going to be huge for the Sabres. And I think ultimately, again, if this is the trajectory we're going to get, that that's going to turn into a scary good dynamic one, two punch for the Sabres on their blue line. Yeah, it's uh, it's incredible. He looked to our, our friend uh, Owen power looked really good uh friday for uh, michigan but they're playing uh right now actually michigan is i believe they're winning aren't uh, they they are up seven to four on quinnipiac actually the game just ended seven to four win for michigan over quinnipiac so they're going to the final four wow there are three savers prospects in the final four this year how about that that's crazy you know which one didn't make it to the final four devin levi devin uh, levi watches on yeah, he had a down game, only made 36 saves on – or sorry, 35 saves on 37 shots. Did you get to watch any of it? No, I, I didn't watch any of it. He but was, uh, oh, He was outstanding. Yeah, it seems it, that way. It uh, was unfortunate uh, way for it to end. 
Definitely unfortunate, but my God, I mean, the thing with him, I, I was tweeting a little bit from the account while watching the game on Friday and, and there's so much about his game that jumps out at you at what makes him so great because he's a, he's a smaller guy. He's, I believe only six foot, six foot one. So, I mean, his athleticism is off the charts, just his ability to, to move side to side in the crease. Like it's very smooth. He has a lot of composure and net. he's poised. His, his positioning is rock solid. Um, and he came up with big saves too when Northeastern needed it. I mean, it was obviously a low scoring game considering the tying goal wasn't scored until there was about two and a half minutes left in the game to make it one-to-one. But right after that, it happened to, after Northeastern had tied the game, they come back down. Who did they, who did they play against again? Uh, boy. Western Michigan. Western Michigan, right. Western Michigan comes right back down on a breakaway and he makes an unbelievable stretched out breakaway save to keep the game tied. Uh, he, he just made all the right saves when they needed him to obviously was an unfortunate occurrence at the end where he's playing the puck behind the net. He ends up misplaying it a bit and he almost made an unbelievable highlight reel save to end up making up for it, but it just crossed over the goal line and that ended up making the difference for them. Um, But yeah, I, I can't say enough about how good he looked in that game, getting to see him in action like that in a big game. I mean, he absolutely showed up for them. And at this point, the most recent thing that we've heard is from Jeff Merrick. He had said, uh, where are we here? He had said on Hockey Night in Canada uh, on Saturday that the Sabres are just awaiting word from Devin Levi about what his decision will be. So that leads us to think, of course, that the Sabres are hoping that he will choose to come out and they want him to come out, get some time, potentially maybe a game with the Sabres, a game or two up before heading to Rochester. So, But didn't Jeff Merrick say that he might go back to school? It is a possibility. Yeah, I mean, the fact that they're awaiting word, he's still deciding, so we don't know. Hmm. What are your I thoughts? He should come out. I mean, man, what are you going to do in college next year? You had a 950 save percentage. He had a higher save percentage than Ryan Miller at his Hopi Baker year. That's insane. I, I believe the only higher save percentage, according to our friend Walt at Saber Metrics, is uh, I believe it was Connor Hellebuck in like, I don't know, like seven. No, and he was tied with Connor, Connor Hellebuck. Jimmy Howard ended up having Jimmy Howard. Highest. That's the right. Second best single season save percentage in the NCAA since 1999 2000. He was so number he's, two. With Connor Hellebuck. Yes. So Jimmy Howard, fine NHL career. Uh, Connor Hellebuck, Vesna winner. Ryan Miller, Vesna winner. You do not need a, another year in college. Like, in my opinion, he's going to need a, a, probably a year in Rochester Yeah. Uh, when he comes out. I mean, that's just, just how it seems to be for goalies. It's very rare to go just jump from college to being in the NHL. And uh, so he could, yeah. So regardless, you're going to need that year. I don't know why waste a year. Like if you go back to Northeastern, you're not winning a national championship there in all likelihood. Right. Like you were the best goalie in hockey and in, in college hockey, that is. And you weren't even really that much of a contender this year. Right. It's like even he dragged them there. He dragged exactly. them there. What more do you need to accomplish? Exactly. So I would like, uh, you know, I just don't think it's a good idea. Now, as far as him, I mean, it's going to be the normal Sabres fan thing to worry about, but staying long enough to be able to do the August 15th free agency thing. He would have to stay another, if I'm not mistaken, two full seasons. Yeah. That, I mean, that'd be ridiculous. That would be absurd. I don't think that can happen, but wasting one year is bad enough for him. I mean, it's for us too. Sure. We're fans. We want the Sabres to be better and we want to see what he's like, but like, why do that? Right. I mean, it's not like you're saying to get your degree. 
still only your junior junior year academically. So I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, it's like, what's your ultimate goals? You know, it's to get to the NHL. And I think that with the Sabres, it's clear that there's a path there. It's clear that, you know, I, I, well, and what's interesting too, John Butchie Gross had interviewed him and posted a clip of it on Twitter and it asked him too, if he had kept up with the Sabres at all. And he said yes and no before saying not really. So I don't know if he just felt pressured into saying, oh yeah, kind of a little bit, but I thought that was like an interesting little tidbit there. But again, I mean, you know that you have a very easy trajectory into the NHL and I would have to think that to some extent, whoever, you know, his representation is and, and him just himself being aware of like what's going on with the Sabres right now that we do have a, a top end prospect system even just like assortment of young players right now and what this team is building towards you know and I hope that more than anything that the Sabres are able to sell sell him on that that's really what their job is going to be is hey come sign with us leave school early you've accomplished all that you can here you have set records you had again like you said you had dominated college hockey and you were the best goalie among your peers come on let's take the next step now look at what's growing here be a part of this and this net is going to be yours within the next couple of years when we're ready to compete. I mean, the pathway is there for him. It, it, it makes too much sense. And the only thing we can hope for is that the Sabres are going to be able to, uh, to convince him of that as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's also like, it's, it's worth noting too, that there is a, uh, a second Sabres goalie that is still in uh, with Michigan right now, going to the, the final four and Eric Portillo. Yes. So he uh, he had a really good season, although they've given up seven goals in the turn in their two tournament games. But he's had a really uh, a solid season as well. But I I don't see it doesn't seem like there's any indication that he would be leaving this year. Which I don't think he has to. I think that, you know, it's a completely different situation from Devin Levi because Devin Levi was the best player on his team, whereas yeah. Eric Portillo you know that you have Owen Power in front of you. You have Matty Beneers in front of you. You have Kent Johnson in front of you. You have Luke Hughes is there. Um, you know, there's a couple of other guys I know who I'm, I'm forgetting right now who are all NHL prospects. Those guys who I had just mentioned are more likely than not all going to be gone next year. There's maybe a little bit of incentive. I mean, we'll see how this year goes. Who knows if they win a national championship, if he's going to want to run it back for them or if he's going to feel more inclined to come out. But if you feel like you have something to prove next year, that net's going to be yours and you're not going to have the luxury of having a, having four top five picks playing with you, you know? So who knows? Maybe that could lead to him wanting to come back. Um, and that would be a real test to see too. You know, he's been great this year undeniably, but that team, you have Brendan Brisson too, another one who I've just thought of a prospect from Vegas. Um, more than likely not, he signs an ELC. So I'd love it if he was able to stay another year, see how he does leading the way by himself and with another young class coming in. And again, make it easier, just give Levi Rochester. And then hopefully after Levi gets a full year in there, Portillo finishes up his year next year, he comes and joins Levi in a tandem in Rochester. And then if Levi's ready to take that step to kind of being where UPL is right now in terms of his development, then that's great. So it, it's just a matter of time to see. But I, I think... You and I can both agree, though, the priority right now, Devin Levi, get that ELC signed. And at the conclusion of Michigan season and Minnesota season, signing Ryan Johnson and Owen Power as well. Yeah, that's right. So 
for anyone wondering too, uh, the next game isn't for a little while. It's uh, the, the final four is nine days away for some reason, or sorry, more than nine days away. It's 11 days away. It's next Thursday. It's the first yeah. final four game. And then next Saturday is the final. So in terms of power, Johnson and Portillo, probably not Portillo as much, but in terms of power and Johnson, it's actually going to be a little while before we hear anything, right. especially if both those teams could theoretically make the final. And then you almost have two weeks now. So they would have very limited time to play for the Sabres if that were, that were the case, but it's uh. I don't know. It's, I guess it's going to be interesting to have that many Sabres in a, a Final Four. Or right. Sabres. And for what it's worth, too, even though that's going to be a, taking a little bit longer, I would also probably have to think by the, the time we record our next episode, Levi will have made a decision, too. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, you would hope so. I hope. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, and I hope that decision is him uh, being here. I could not agree more, Taylor. I could not agree more. Do you have any uh, recommendations or any random Sabres players that you'd like to share? Well, as far as recommendations go, I've been watching some movies. I caught up on the Oscar movies today and the Oscars are going on as we talk. So I watched all 10 Best Picture movies and I can say uh, that Drive My Car should win Best Picture and it will not. We haven't gotten there yet. It's going to be in a couple more hours. They announced that, but I'm guessing it's going to be a movie that's much worse than that. So Hmm. bad on the Academy, preemptively mad at the Academy. How's it been so far, this show? Oh, the, the, the intro, I don't know what to call it, the opening monologue, whatever, is Amy Schumer, Wanda Sykes, and Regina Hall? Is that her uh-huh. name? Anyway, it wasn't good. Not funny at all. Oof. Yeah, it was, it was a tough intro, I would say, but we'll see what the rest of the show is like. Anyway, my, my actual recommendation is, honestly, it's uh, if you're into a, a three-hour movie with Japanese subtitles, Drive My Car. I mean, you can't beat it. Fantastic movie. You need to carve out some time for it. If not, if you're looking for like something lighter, a new horror movie on Hulu, not that new, it came out in January, called Fresh. Real uh, real nasty stuff. Hmm. Uh, Sebastian Stan as a bad guy, which I've never seen before. Oh, cool. So that's, uh, maybe that's worth checking out. What do you mean? You saw Captain America Winter Soldier? He's not a bad guy. Someone else said that to me. He's not a bad guy in that. I mean, he's, he's a victim. He, yeah, there's you're a right, whole scene actually. where like they're electrocuting his memories. No, out of I, his know, brain. I know, I know. Yeah, he's, he's a good. It guy. was just a witty reply. I know. Oh, my. You should have said hot tub time machine. What? Yeah. He's in that. Yeah. Wow. I guess I haven't seen that movie in a while. I don't know if he's a bad guy. Well, maybe I'm going to decide. I haven't seen it in a while either. But yeah, I'm just going to decide okay. he's a bad guy in that. Fair enough. Fair enough. I watched uh, the Michael Keaton, the first Batman movie today. Do not oh. recommend. <laughs> what? That's a great movie. It was pretty good. It was all right. Oh, it's the best Batman movie. Ah, uh, I don't know if it's the best. Well, the Dark Knight's close. Yeah, the it's... Dark Knight, I think, definitely beats it. I would probably also put the Robert Pattinson Dark Knight or uh, the Batman ahead of it. I'll tell you what, though, it is the most unique. Those that and Batman Returns, and I'm not I love the design of Gotham. And the design of Gotham is cool. Before it gets awesome. really stupid in the Schumacher ones, the music, the music, like, they crazy. got Prince to do a Batman soundtrack. Jack Nicholson, great Joker, yep. uh, and they it really that. does not take itself that seriously. But the I, I guess it's weird. I'm not a Batman guy. Like I don't read comics, but like 
I understand the Batman people. Can you imagine if that came out now and it was like those two Batman movies where Batman just straight up murders people? How <laughs> mad people would be <laughs> before getting into how mad yeah. they would be by the, the Schumacher sequels. But yeah, I, I I don't know. I guess I'd have that Dark Knight and the Batman all pretty close. And then Batman Returns. That'd be my Mount Rushmore of Batman mm-hmm. movies. And then, you know, gotta also consider Batman versus Superman or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Your favorite. Yeah, that's the movie I toss off my Mount Rushmore. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Oh, Martha. <laughs> oh, I, I, I don't want to murder you anymore. Okay, cool. You know my mom's you name? Become best friends? <laughs> oh, man. There was supposed to be another one of those. If, so if Zack Snyder got his way. So he obviously had to leave Justice League before he got his own four-hour cut of it. And basically was gonna try to make another batman movie with with the uh, jared leto joker yikes thank god yeah. we were spared that yeah wild oh boy brutal brutal but hey did you see the uh extended interrogation scene with the joker yeah i'm i don't i'm not seeing another joker movie this is, uh, this is too many jokers i know but did you i'm just asking if you watched. yeah i saw it what'd you think I wouldn't be a bad Joker if there were already not five other Jokers yeah. recently. I mean, like, you have, we were talking about the Jack Nicholson Joker, an iconic Joker, and then two other Jokers who have won an Oscar for portraying the Joker. How are you going to do another Joker? And you have another Joker that's kind of right. famous in there, too. I'd rather not talk about. And plus, as far as cartoons go, Mark Hamill, also a very notable Joker. The king. The king. How many, I mean, how, many, how many goddamn times are you going to do that? Batman has like a yeah. hundred villains. Like I said, I don't read comics, but I'm aware that there's like a hundred people over the years he's fought and they just want to keep doing the same ones. Yeah. So like there's, okay, so you can't do Bane. You just did the Riddler, whatever. You can't do that. I mean, they're going to do the Joker. They really should not. And then after that, it's like, there's like hundred. Well, it's not a guarantee even, that that'll be the next movie though. Yeah, maybe not. Hopefully not. Maybe they'll do like, uh, you know, they could bring back Mr. Freeze. That'd be fun. That'd be wild. Imagine there's a lot the they could do. do. Yeah. Like there's like so like they they did Bane and Batman and Robin. Yep. It was not. People don't remember it. Didn't go over well. Not a good movie. Bane only says his own name for some reason. And <laughs> Bane. And then they're like, you I know, what we could do better. Bane. <laughs> yeah, seriously. They said they decided they could do better. And they did. They got a really cool Tom Hardy Bane. So Bane's done for like 20 years. That's too iconic. Maybe 30 yeah. years. So like just do that like if you have someone that you didn't think was done well for example the penguin uh, penguin was done well don't get me wrong alan farrell did a lot better in this one yeah he was great it's it's very unique because what they're going for completely different things like a guy a normal guy who just kind of looks like a penguin because he's (laughs) hideous and also kind of weirdly shaped versus a guy who's like raised by penguin and is like an insane (laughs) guy that bites people's noses off yeah, those movies, I'll say they have this going for them. You do not see that kind of weirdness in big budget, any kind of movies anymore. But like, you you just couldn't make a superhero movie where you're like, this is going to be the weirdest thing you've ever seen and follow like none of the rules. And it's going to be like this weird city that's not at all like realistically laid out. Right. Uh, <laughs> and also Batman's going to be all like kind of weird and distant and not seem that heroic. And he's going to murder people. Yeah. Um, or not, hey, depending wow. on his mood. So, and then Catwoman being like an actual Catwoman, like a woman that was resurrected by cats and has now taken on cat-like features instead of a lady that dresses like a cat or a lady that just kind of has cats. 
Yeah, you, you just don't get that anymore. You don't. You really don't. You need it. Give it the extra jolt, you know? Yeah, remember when Tim Burton used to make good movies? It's Once been, upon a time. <laughs> yeah, like 20 years. <laughs> Has it been that long? Honestly, when's the last good Tim Burton movie you've seen? You either think about it, right? I mean, yeah. Is it probably it's probably something after Batman Returns? I'm looking at his IMDb right now, so it's been, oh good lord, throw some stuff out there. All right, hold on. I'm gonna go to his filmography first to go to stuff he directed. Uh, Dumbo, Miss Pettigrew's Home for Peculiar Children, Big Eyes, uh, Frankenweenie, Dark Shadows, Alice in Wonderland, Sweeney Todd. People like Sweeney Todd. I do mm-hmm. not. I do not like Sweeney Todd. Uh, the Killer Bones. Corpse Bride. Okay. Charlie and the Talker Factory. Big trash. Mm-hmm. Big Fish. Planet of the Apes. I've never seen that. Sleepy Hollow. That's it. I found it. Sleepy Hollow 23 years ago. Wow. It's literally been since the 90s. It's been a while. Made a movie. Wow. How about that? Crazy stuff. Sabres talking movie reviews. What more can you ask for out of a podcast? Yeah. Tim Burton. His filmography. Let's let's make a comparison. It's the Sabers drafting well, so <laughs> and stopped stopped in the late nineties. It really in, in, low that, blow. Was, that would it would stop in like he would have made a good movie in like two thousand two if it was continuing with thing that with that and he would be in the midst of making a good movie because I decided the Sabers are drafting well again. So oh. it seems. Let's end on a high note then. That was great. All right, former Sabers player of the episode. Uh, let's go with. Uh, Let's go with uh, Chris Gratton. Nice. I'm going to go with Mike Ramsey. Good stuff. Great stuff. All right, everybody. Well, hey, thanks for tuning into this episode of Straight Up Sabres presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. Make sure you're checking out both of the presenters of this podcast on their websites, whatever streaming platform you're using. Check out all of their other podcasts on top of this one, of course, and make sure you're following them on social media. Also, make sure you're following us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find us Straight Up Sabres. And again, make sure you are subscribed to this show on whatever streaming platform that you're using. Finally, make sure you're using DraftKings and that promo code THPN at checkout to take advantage of great deals for whatever it is that you're trying to bet on this upcoming week. We'll be back with a brand new episode on Thursday, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in. This has been Straight Up Sabres. <laughs>